Father, that we continue the work that the Lord Jesus did on the earth to destroy the works of the enemy. Father, he destroyed some of the works of the enemy. It's left to the church to finish the work, Father. We are empowered, Father, by your word, through your spirit, Father, with the name of Jesus to destroy the works of the enemy, Father. Because your face shines upon us, Father. Father, your goodness and mercy shines upon us. Father, we thank you. We take the glory of your goodness into the world, Father. The glory shall see, the world shall see the glory of the Lord through your church, Father. Father, we thank you. Your glory came to the earth in a small, in a small country, Father, in a manger. The world didn't see the glory of God. Father, the world can see the glory of God through your people. Every area of the world, Father, every corner of the world, every house and home and business, Father, can see the glory of the Lord Jesus through your people, Father. We are the carriers of your glory. The world will see the glory of God. We will carry the glory of God into their lives. Let them see the goodness of heaven. To let them see the kindness of the Father. Lord, we will carry your presence into the world. That presence, Father, will deliver and heal, Father, and protect and restore and cause people to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Father, your presence brings peace. It brings deliverance, Father. We are the carriers of your presence. Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God who lives big on the inside of us. You said in your word, Father, the greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world, Father. Father, I am big enough conquer the entire world by your spirit. Father, there's no mountain, no devil, no sickness or disease, Father, that's greater than your spirit. Father, there's no problem, no concern, no weight, Father, that can't be destroyed by your spirit, Father. And Father, we are blessed to be carriers of your spirit. We are thankful, Father, to be carriers of your spirit. We are aware, Father, we are carriers of your spirit. Father, we thank you. We will overcome, Father. Your presence goes before us, behind us, beside us, all around us, Father. In the morning, in the evening, your presence is always with us. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the presence of the Most High God, the great God of Israel lives on the inside of us, Father. The same God that parted the waters, Father, that raised the dead, that healed the sick, lives on the inside of me. I am your child, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, are we thankful for the Spirit of God? Amen. You know, it's, uh, uh, when I got saved, I was saved when I was 15, and, um, you know, we, we didn't go to church, you know. Um, we were Catholic by name only, uh, and by, um, by action, you know, we had 11 kids in our family, so, you know, Catholics, you're required by law to have a lot of children, right? And so we had 11 kids. Uh, but um, um, where do you go when you have 11 kids? You don't go anywhere, right? So we never went anywhere. We never went out to eat. We never went on vacation. We never went to church. You know, we didn't go anywhere, right? So that's where you go when you got 11 kids. And so we didn't go to church or anything like that. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, by law, also you're required every year to watch the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, with uh, Charlton Heston. That was my... That was my entire biblical knowledge was the Ten Commandments, right? Which is lacking a little something called the Lord Jesus there, right? But still, you know, uh, he was a God of power uh, in the movie there, right? And so uh, I knew him to be a God of power. That's all I knew. So I got saved. I accepted the Lord Jesus because I was walking through the living room one day and when I was 15 and somebody on TV says, you want to get saved? Here's how to get saved. Accept Jesus, you know, ask him to come into your heart and you'll be saved. And I thought, I can do that. 
because uh, I'd gone to church once before, you know, in my, my long experience of going to church. I went to church one time before that. Nobody asked me to get saved. Nobody asked me if I wanted to get saved. And, and I didn't know, you know, you don't even know the words, right? I mean, if you don't know, if you've never been saved, you don't know the lingo, right? There's a lingo. There's a church. And I'm not opposed to the church lingo, but uh, nobody even asked me to get saved. And, you know, after I got saved, I was telling my sister, hey, you need to get saved. And she said, saved from what? And I, I don't know. That's what you're supposed to say, right? I mean, so I hadn't been trained yet. I didn't know, you know, supposed to get saved. And I said, well, that's a good question. Isn't it a good question, right? Saved from what? And so... Um, but I didn't know anything about the Spirit of God. I didn't know about the Holy Ghost when, when I got saved. You know, I never really heard of Him. You, know, you, you knew about the Father, kind of in general. Of course, Jesus, you know, by, again, we were Catholic, so you know, by law you have to have X number of uh, crucifixes in your house, right? So you have Jesus hanging on the cross. Is He on the cross anymore? I don't know why people got Jesus on the cross. He's not there, right? It's like vacant, right, for, for rent. Uh, but, um, but we had those, right? And we had this one creepy little 3D thing of Jesus. You know, you look one way and it kind of moves with you, you know, and... And somebody told me he was possessed with the devil. And he, he wasn't really possessed with the devil. It was just kind of creepy. And so, uh, but uh, back then in the 80s, everything was a devil. Anybody remember the 80s? You know, everything was a devil in the 80s. And so, uh, but, um, but I didn't know anything about the Spirit of God. Nothing about the Holy Ghost. And, and, um, uh, and I got saved in, in a word church, in a Pentecostal church. And I'm so thankful for that because they, they started laying the foundation of, of the Holy Spirit in my life. And, and you know, where, where is God the Father right now? He's in heaven, right? Where, where is Jesus right now? He's on the right hand of the Father, right? Well, where's the Holy Ghost? He's in you. So, so of the three, you know, as a Christian, right? Not as an unborn-again person, but as a Christian, the most important aspect of the Godhead in your day-to-day life is the Holy Spirit because He lives in you. He's there to guide you. He's there to teach you and to instruct you and to lead you in all the affairs of life. Now, and, and you need to become good friends with the Holy Ghost. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. You need to yield to Him and train yourself how, you know, to, how to do that. Because it's, you know, it, it's not something that can be taught. It's only something that can be learned. And I can tell you what the Word says, but you have to do the work on your part to learn how to yield to the Spirit of God. Learn how to sense His moving, His moving, you know, His, His instruction and directions. And, and it's a lifelong endeavor. You'll never get it 100% right, more than likely. Uh, you know, maybe you will. I'm not going to say that you're never going to get it. But, but uh, it's, it's a lifelong effort. Amen you'll spend the rest of your life learning the nuances of the Spirit of God. But it's, it's of great value to you to do that because He will never lead you into sin. He will never lead you into error. He will never lead you into, into wrongdoings or in a, into bad business dealings or to uh, in getting into relationships with people that you ought not be in relationships with. He, he will lead you in perfection uh, and, and always into joy. Amen? Some people act like, you know, there's such a... They have such a struggle with God. You know, there's such a conflict. Well, you know, he, he wants to, you know, constrain me or keep me from doing this. The world's always telling the church, you're trying to constrain us and keep us from, from enjoying our lives. No, the Spirit of God will always lead you in the fullness of joy. Can you imagine what fullness of joy would really look like? It's not fullness of flesh, right? It's not fullness of, of, of allowing yourself to live however you want to. It's fullness of joy. Uh, and fullness of joy, according to the Word of God, is a great place to be. Amen. And he said you can have fullness of joy. Well, wouldn't that be a wonderful place to be? Actually full of joy. Yeah. Amen. There's a few people in church that needs to get that memo. Amen. Yeah. Uh, if they had even a little joy, it'd be, they'd be a step up from where they're at, right? They have no joy in their life. And yet Jesus said, ask that your joy may be full. Full. Amen. Your joy may be full. Uh, and uh, it's uh, sometimes, you know, I know, I know you've got to be kind to the church and help people out when they're struggling. But some people, it's just, it's just almost exhausting about how they can never have joy. Like you're on your way to heaven. How can it possibly be that bad? If you died, you'd be in the presence of God. Amen? So how bad could it possibly be? Is He not your deliverer? Is He not your Savior? Can He not take you out of every circumstance and, and, and take your feet out of the mire clay and set you up on high? Can He not do that? Has He stopped doing those things? No, He hasn't stopped doing any of those things. So why, why can we not be happy, full of joy? Amen? It, it's an act of faith, I understand. Uh, and yet, uh, some people, they're, they're, you know, it's just, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, you know, I, we just, I, I, and I, I'm, you know, I have no desire to, to uh, belittle anybody. I, life is real, amen? There are things that happen that we have to deal with, amen? But greater is he that's in me. Is, he not, is that not a true statement? It's a true statement. You know, it, even if I'm not living it, it's still a true statement. Even, even if I haven't experienced the fact that he's greater, that he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world, that's true whether I live that or not. It's true whether I believe it or not. Amen. It's true whether I act upon it or not. 
He is greater. Amen. There's nothing I can't overcome. There's no devil that, that is greater than, than my life. There's no circumstance, no person, no words are greater than my life, that, uh, of the Spirit of God that lives in my life. Amen? And, and, you know, and, and very often people look at me like, you're so naive. You live in this little bubble world. Like, you don't even have things to deal with, right? Uh, and just let's, let's trade lives for a week. You want to? And see if you can make it a week, right? And Because it, it, it just... We all have things to do, to deal with, amen? Now, and it's not a, I'm not trying to say my life is worse than your life because, you know, a lot of times it's always a race to the bottom. How are you doing? I feel bad. Oh, I feel worse than you do, right? And, you know, it's, it's always a race to the bottom, right? And, and, and I have no race to the bottom, amen? I'll go for days, weeks, and, you know, sometimes months when, with nothing of any consequence that I have to deal with because of the life of faith I live in, amen? I'm already laying the groundwork for fullness of joy every day. I expect tomorrow to be a day fullness of joy. And if it's not, I will command it to straighten up in the name of Jesus. Amen? If my life starts going astray and I start, you know, being in the mully grubs for a day, uh, not even a day, an hour, sometimes minutes, uh, I will use the name of Jesus and, and command my life to straighten up. Amen? I'm not living this life of, you know, I live this life of, of the mully grubs. You know, I grew up in the mully grubs. Amen? We lived on mully grub alley. Uh, just everything's just sad and just... just pitiful and just just you know you're just never enough and and, and nobody likes you and, and and you know when you know who you are in the lord jesus i'm a child of the living god he loves me the great king of the earth loves me what's it matter if you don't like me at all amen and I, you know and, and and i know that sounds arrogant but it's your loss if you don't like me jesus loves me if you don't like if you don't like me You've not met the Lord Jesus. Amen. I like everybody. Amen. Yeah, there's a few people who are straining that, that uh, statement there. But, but I, I got nothing against anybody. I have no enemies. None. Zero enemies. Amen. Nobody is my enemy. I've got a few people who think that they're my enemy. But I have no enemies. Amen. Yeah, and I declare that as an act of faith. In fact, I learned that from my wife. She'll say, you're not my enemy. I think, I don't know. You know, they may be, you know. And then I picked that up, and I think it's a great statement, you know, because if there's everything in I start declaring they are not my enemy. Because I will refuse to have any, uh, any unforgiveness in my heart against anyone. There, there's nobody in my heart that, yeah, I'm struggling with unforgiveness. Nobody. I have no, I, there, there's nobody in my life right now that, that I'm struggling to forgive. Nobody. Zero. And I've lived that way for years. There's nobody in my life. Uh, and I hear people, I'm working on it. Okay, well, how long have you been working on it? Eight years. You ain't working on it. You're living it. You're owning it, right? You're going to live in unforgiveness? Not my problem, right? But it's such, a, it's such a waste of a good life to live in unforgiveness, amen? You can overcome it. Uh, and I, I know people who just who say, you know, I can't get healed because I just I can't forgive them. Is that worth it? Is it worth it to stay sick, to not forgive somebody? Because sometimes, you know, the only thing that Jesus ever said specifically was a hindrance to your faith was unforgiveness, now, there are a lot of hindrances to faith, but that's the only one he specifically called out. Forgive. forgive. And, and he said, if you have anything against your brother, forgive them. He never said, as long as they repent, as long as they acknowledge their failure, as long as they tell you they're sorry. There's nothing that they are required to do on their part for you to forgive them. Well, you can't do that. 100% you can do it. Does the love of God live on the inside of you? He said in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God, the agape love of God is shed abroad in your heart right now. The love of God, the same love that sent Jesus. Would you send your own son to die for anybody? Are you kidding me? No way. You, send, you, know, you want me to send Jared to die for any of you all? None of you all are worth it. Amen. I mean, I just, if, I was, if I was God the Father, I'd be like, nope, they're all, nope, they're, they're, none of them are going to make it. I ain't sending, you want someone to send Jared to die for you? No way. There is no way at all. And you're thankful that I'm not God the Father, right? You know? uh, and, and, but that same love that sent Jesus lives in you right now. Does it ever run out? Is it ever, is it, is it ever unable to overcome? It, does it ever expire? Does it ever like, it just, it just, it can't forgive. It can't forgive what they did to me. That is the biggest lie. And I hear Christians say stuff like that all the time. Christians. You know, the world, I don't care what they say. But the, the church, I can't forgive them. That is a lie. That is a biblical lie. That is heresy. Because that's saying that, that God's love in you is un, unable to accomplish what it's sent out to do. It is not powerful enough to forgive. And that is simply not true. It it's, it's borders on heresy. Amen. 
I'll pull your card, right? Give me your card. You know, you, you, you're no longer, you know, uh, in good standing, amen? You can still come, but you've got to sit. Well, we're going to sit in the back row now, but we're going to make a second back row, right? For the people like that, you know, we're going to make a second back row for people who say things like that, because that, uh, it, it's not so. Now, you may, now you may want to live it, you know, but, uh, and the thing about people who won't forgive, you know, have you met the Lord Jesus? You don't think that, that him forgiving them is sufficient? If, if he could forgive them, why can't you forgive them? Because every infraction against you, you think about what, what people have said and done against the Lord Jesus and God the Father through all, all of time. He's forgiven them all. And you had one thing said to you 18 years ago on a Tuesday night, and you're still mad about it? And, and, and God sees all the stuff, people raising their hands, you know, God, I hate you, you know. And he's like, whatever, you know, you don't bother him at all. He's not mad about it. He sent Jesus. Amen. Uh, and so that's all pre-sermon. They got nothing to do with, with uh, Matthew 5. But, uh, uh, but the church needs to be an overcoming church. Amen. We are an overcoming church. We have the greatest power. You know, uh, uh, if you go through creation, it was always God's design. And, and Jesus administered it. He said, here's how I want to do it. And, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit that actually caused creation to come to existence. That power that created the sun lives inside you right now. The power that created the, the, you know, the sun. There's a million earths could fit in the sun right now. That's how big the sun is. It's 93 million miles away, and it, and it warms the entire earth. Uh, and, and with a single word, God created that sun. And he put that same power that created that sun that's burning with nuclear fusion every day, more power than you can ever imagine every day. That same power that created that sun lives in you right now. And you got a problem because somebody hurt your feelings 18 years ago? That just, you know, we've got to move on. Amen? We've got to declare, I will overcome. Uh, and, and, you know, if somebody does something to me, I will pray for them every day, if it takes, until, until my thoughts to them are not, kill them all, Lord. Amen? I will pray for them until my thoughts are, Lord, I want them blessed. Until I, sincerely, I can sincerely say, Lord, I desire no ill will towards them. And if that flesh rises up, I'll continue to pray for them. If a devil uh, speaks in my mind and says, you need to harbor something again, I will pray double up on him. And I will go on the offensive until in my heart there is no ill will towards them at all. At all. Uh, and, and, you know, you hear my stories. I tell you the stories about people who have done things to me. There's no ill will in my, in my heart towards any of them. Amen. Not I wish no ill towards a single one of them that's ever done anything to me. And I'm going to live that way because it's a great way to live. Amen. People, you know, oh, you know, we hurt your feelings. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry, I ain't thought about you in years, you know. Uh, and, and I tell the stories about you all because they're amazing stories and people think I'm lying, right? And, and that's why God sent Jerry over here because a witness because, you know, people, that didn't happen. Did that happen, Jerry? Yeah, see, it happened, right? So he's, he's there. He's the, he was a witness to all of it. Amen. And so let's open up our Bibles to the book of, of uh, Matthew chapter 5. We've been teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and um, one of the, uh, I guess it's the longest dissertation that, that uh, Matthew recorded on, on behalf of the Lord Jesus. Uh, can you imagine sitting there on this hill listening to Jesus teach all these things? You know, we, we just got a summary, right? We got bullet points of what he said. There's no way that, you know, because you could read all of Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in minutes. Well, they were there for days. Uh, think of what he actually said in between all these things. Amen. And so the Lord recorded these things, uh, and then we, we got to uh, discern what he's, what he's saying by studying them, amen? And so we got down to, uh, we're not going to go back all of it over again, but we got down to verse 33 here, uh, where it says, Again, you have heard that it has been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. So the, the Old Testament law said, that, uh, in fact, it's a reference from Leviticus 19.12. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Uh, and so uh, basically they would say, you know, I swear I'll do something, right? And then they say by heaven or by Jerusalem or by mama, mama's grave. You know, when I was growing up, it was, you know, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. You know, anybody ever said those things? I, you know, no way I'd take that deal today, right? You want me to do what? No, it's no way I'm sticking a needle in my eye. I don't even like touching my eyes, right? I tried to wear contacts for a year and just gave it up. I, every day, stick, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I'd, stick, I'd be on the ground rolling around trying to get my finger in my, in my eyeball. Chris could do it, driving down the road holding a baby in her hand. You know, and, and, um, but I, I just, I don't, I don't never have liked anybody uh, touching my eyes. Yeah, and um, stick a needle in my eye? You can't stick a needle in my eye? What in the world? I don't know where you came up with those things, but... Um, uh, but 
the, the culture had gotten to where, you know, uh, that their character in and of themselves was not sufficient to say, if, if I do this, you know, I'll just, I'll do it. Uh, so, because the character w- was flawed, they, would, they, they couldn't say, uh, just by my character, you know, I guarantee I'll do it. They had to say, I swear by Jerusalem or by heaven or whatever. And so Jesus, you know, went on and said, don't do that. And, and, he, and he finished up in verse 37. But let your communication be yea, yea, uh, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And so he, he, now we can't really do this, verse 37, until we get into the New Testament, until we get born again until our spirits are recreated and sealed by the Holy Ghost. Now we have the ability and the character in ourselves to say, if I say I'm going to do it, that's, that's all you've got to know. I don't have to promise. You know, I know in the business world you've got to sign contracts or anything like that, but, uh, but the contract's not necessary for me to do something. If I say I'm going to do it, I'll do it. I'll still sign the contract because that's part of the business process sometimes. But uh, I, for me, I don't need a contract. Amen? And, and if, I'm, if I say I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it. Amen? And we talked about uh, there in Psalm uh, uh, 15 that said that uh, he that sweareth his own hurt, in, in Psalm 15 verse 4, he that sweareth his own hurt and changes not. Uh, that, that's, that's where we've got to get to. And, and if you'll live that way, what you'll find out is you say less things, right? You'll promise less things, right? You won't tell everybody in the world, yeah, I'll do that for you, and knowing you can't do it, right? Yeah, uh, and we talked about contractors, how they've never read this verse, right? Contractors are like, oh yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll be there, and you, and they're not going to be there, right? And 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 then they get mad at you, like, because you say, hey, you said you're going to be there. Well, you know, I didn't. You didn't expect me to actually be there, right? Well, yeah, of course I did. Uh, you know, even our project here, this uh, renovation, uh, it took us uh, five months to complete the renovation. Uh, the original estimate was two to three weeks, <laughs> weeks, right? It took five months because you know, a guy coming here, he'd put one nail in and he goes, oh, I'm exhausted. And he'd leave. He'd be going on for days, right? And we wouldn't see him. It's like, where are you at? You know, where's the guy? Well, he, he got tired. He only put one nail in. Yeah, I know he's taking a break. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's the life of, you know, not all kind of contractors that way, but uh, there's just a lot of them that are, you know. And, and, and they would really struggle with this verse because if you say you're going to do it, you've got to do it. Amen. Uh, and um, we don't have time to go into all of it, but you should go back and, and, and I've, I've studied this or we've taught this in detail before, but you go back to Joshua chapter 9 where uh, uh, in, that, in that time frame, the Lord, they were in the promised land, the Lord said, go kill everybody, right? That group over there, all the ites, right? The Gibeonites, the Hittites, the, the Amorites, you know, the Jebusites, all the ites. If you had an ite at the end of your name, man, you had bad news, right? And so, uh, so this one group, the Gibeonites, they're looking, they're like, wow, you're killing those guys, you're killing those guys, and well, we don't want to die, and, and nobody can, can defeat Joshua. So we'll go and lie and say, you know, we, we want to hook up with you guys. We want to be, you know, part of your, uh, of your uh, nation. And so they, the, you know, they were just like next door, like Spring City, right? And, but they put all this old clothes, right, and dirtied up and, you know, brought some, brought some moldy bread. And, oh, we've been traveling so far and lied to them like crazy, right? And, well, we, what do you want? We just want to have a covenant with you guys. And, and the Bible says Joshua did not consult with the Lord. One of the saddest verses in the whole Bible. He did not consult with the Lord. Because they were bragging him. Oh, you guys are just so, you're an amazing army, you know. And anytime people butter you up, you got to be careful, right? Got to be careful, right? We should be like Jesus when they said to him, good master. And he said, why colorst thou me good? Flattery should, should hold no sway in our lives, amen? Uh, because if they're flattering, flattering you, now, now look, if people say, hey man, as a, you know, uh, I love your hair or whatever. Okay, fine, right? But you gotta. But wait. If the shoe, other shoe drops, I love your hair. And can I have your car? You know. Like, well, okay. Well, the the flattery was only to get you something else, right? And so nothing wrong with with being kind to people. You know, encouraging them about things. But but uh, you got to do it with a sincere heart. If it's for ulterior motives. And so they were buttering up uh, the Israelites. And so they made a they made a covenant with them. And then they found out they lied. And and so. Uh, the, the princes of Israel wanted to go and kill them all. And Joshua was like, no, we made, a, we made a deal with them. We said we wouldn't kill them. Even though it was, they were wrong for making the deal, but because they, they made the deal, they had to stay with the deal, right? Because they, they have to swear to their own heart and change not. Well, that was in, in Joshua chapter 9. You go to Joshua, you got to go through all the book of Judges, you got to go through uh, uh, 1 Samuel, you got to get to 2 Samuel. So there's thousands of years uh, that transpired for that, well, probably hundreds of years, 
that transpired from the Joshua's contract with them to now David the king. And there was a famine in land. And David goes to the Lord after three years. He's a little slow, right? Sometimes, I mean, it's like, okay, a famine for a day. Well, Lord, what's going on? Three years, right? And I think it was three years for, in that particular case. Uh, and David's like, what's up, Lord? And he said, uh, you broke the covenant with the Gibeonites. Saul, the king, had started killing them because he didn't like the fact that these people that were supposed to be killed in, uh, in the promised land were still hanging around Israel. And so Saul's like, get rid of them. They're, they're, they're Gentiles, right? They shouldn't be here. And the Lord said, you broke your covenant with them. Now you go make it right. Told David, not the first king, told the second king, you go make it right. Hundreds of years on something that was even wrong, the Lord said, you still got to keep your word. Hundreds of years. Amen. Sometimes people think that time and distance can uh, negate your words. Amen. Well, I've been married 33 years. That's long enough. I just think, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I didn't say this was forever. Well, I did say it was forever, but I didn't really mean forever, you know. Uh, and so, no, it, it's, uh, you're, you swear to your own hurt and change not. Amen. Now, look, uh, you swear to your own hurt. So, you know, sometimes you've got to make changes and you say, hey, you know, is it okay if we make this change? And if it's mutually agreeable, it's okay to make a change, right? It, it's not like it's that set in stone. I mean, they could have gone to Gibeonites. It's okay if we kill you all? Yeah, okay. Well, then we'd, I mean, it, no, they wouldn't have taken that deal, obviously, but... You know, they could have at least gone and tried to negotiate the terms of the agreement. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes people get so legalistic about things uh, that they'll just uh, they'll put themselves in a, in a bind where they can't get out of it. Amen. Uh, but, you know, you ever double booked yourself? Hey, I'll be there Tuesday and I'll tell this person, hey, I'll be there Tuesday. And you forgot you'd already told the other guy. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you swear to your heart, change not. Well, you can't. You literally can't be at both places at the same time. Amen. Uh, and so. So sometimes, you know, it's okay to talk about things and see if people are willing to make some changes. And, uh, and so, uh, but the Lord is serious about these things, amen? And I just wanted to read a, a verse uh, over in, in Hebrews chapter 13. We know this uh, verse here. Um, by law, if you're charismatic, you know, you've got to know this, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Uh, and so, but we're not going to, well, we are going to read 11.1 because 1 we're there, but that's not what we want to get to. In Hebrews uh, chapter 11, it says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do you know things that, that are unseen are real? Faith. Faith is the substance or, or the proof of things that are not seen. Well, how do you know God's real? I know God's real. Well, how do you know? Because faith. Faith tells me he's real. Well, you can't know he's real. I know 100% he's real. I know more than my name that he's real. Amen. Why? Because faith, faith uh, instructs me that he's real. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Uh, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So, in other words, the things which are seen are made from things which we can't see. That's amazing. Think, things that, that are in this natural world were made from things not in this natural world. Well, what were they made from? They were made from the word of God. Framed by the word of God. That word that word, word there, there's two primary Greek words for the word word, one is logos, which is the written word. One is rhema, which is the spoken word. This is the word rhema here. In this case, uh, the spoken word. The, words, uh, the worlds were framed by the spoken words of God. Let there be light. That's why Jesus is trying to get the church to understand that your words are very important. Because if, if God the Father spoke everything to existence by words only, because he had faith in his own words, didn't he? By faith, we understand the words were framed by the word of God, by the spoken word of God. Uh, and so uh, everything that we see was created by words. Your life has been created by your own words. Amen. Words in the past, words in the present. I'm always the first one to get it. Well, there you go. And, and it's amazing how, how much faith people have in that. Amen. Uh, and so uh, and that's why I say things like I cannot be overcome. Why? Because I'm framing my tomorrow. When that thing comes tomorrow, because something will come tomorrow. Amen. I've already declared I will overcome it. And so it's not like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? You know, a lot of people arrive at tomorrow and they start doing this. Well, why? Because they weren't talking about anything yesterday. Yesterday, oh, it's probably going to come. It's probably going to, it's here. Oh, I told you it's come. Right there it is. There it, you know, they just give it up. Like, now, how dare you, right? Remember what David said to, to, to Goliath uh, on the battlefield? And he said, uh, who art thou uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would defy the armies of the living God? He, he, he didn't even mention his name, right? Of course, maybe he didn't know his name because he said, who is he, right? 
But who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's my attitude. When, when something comes up in my life that's against, uh, against the, the Spirit of God, against the plan of God for my life, my attitude, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the, my life, defy the plan of God for my life? Who are you that would, that would try to hinder my walk with God? Who are you? That, that's, my, that's my question. Who are you? And it doesn't matter what they say. It's like, you are nothing compared to the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Amen. I speak these words. I speak words of, of my life. I speak my life into existence. Amen. I speak my future into existence. That's what God did. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Your, the character of your words are so valuable to your life. The value of your words. Amen. If, you're, if your words are no count, I can guarantee you 100% your faith is no count. People who are so, so casual in, in telling lies, people no faith. A person has no faith. They can't believe God out of a wet paper bag. Why? Because their words have no ability to carry power. Amen? These words, when God spoke these words into existence, when he said, let there be light, light didn't even know what it was. It just came into existence because God spoke it into existence. What are you speaking into, into existence into your life? I cannot be defeated. I cannot uh, be overcome. Nobody has ever done anything. I, I say these words to me, my, uh, about me all the time. Nobody has ever done anything to me. And you know, that, that's technically not true in one sense but that's the way i'm going to live i'm going to live as if nobody's ever done anything to me don't you remember what i did to you oh yeah sorry i, did, I forgot you know thanks for reminding me i you know i hadn't thought about that in a long time i live that way amen nobody's ever done anything to me i'm going to frame my worlds by the words that i speak amen that's what he said that he framed the world he, he the worlds were framed by the word of god what are you framing with your words what part of your life are you framing let your yes be yes and no's be no. You can't do that until you're born again, until you have the character of God inside of you that, to have the capacity to do that. But Jesus is preparing them, right? He's in this transition period from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And when you get into my kingdom, then you, ha you will have the power to speak words that will frame your worlds. Amen? Uh, and, and so uh, be a person of good character. When you say it, declare it to be so. I will be there. I, I will do it. Amen? Now, and, and, you know, uh, I can't tell you how many people tell, tell, me, tell me that they'll be at church, you know, over the years. Now, and, and, you know, uh, one of the things I, I noticed with, uh, with my pastor when I was with him for, you know, we were with him for 20 years. I can't tell you how many people would stand up in the church. Pastor, the Lord has called me to be here. And I've had no problem with people saying that, right? But it was almost like a death knell when they'd say that. Because as soon as they would declare, Lord has called me to be here. The enemy would, tr would try to discourage them from being there. And they would fail. I mean, uh, what percentage of them failed, Jerry? Like 99% of them failed? I mean, you know, uh, and, and that's being generous, right? It's probably 100%. But, but, uh, but why is that? Because, you know, people in their emotions want to stand up and say, God's called me here. And that's great. I believe, you know, God should call you here. Amen. But you've got to be careful in saying that with not, without having the power to back that up. Because I believe that the Lord called me there. The Lord spoke to me in, in, in August of 1988 to go back to that church I went to. And God, that was my pastor's church. You go back there, right? Go back there. And I was there till he died. I, I, I never left. I wanted to leave many times. Never left. Amen. Uh, people say, you should have left a long time ago. Well, that, you're telling me you know the will of God better than I know the will of God? I, I would leave when the Lord told me to leave. Amen. And he never told me to leave. So you had to stay through thick and thin. There was a lot of thick and a lot of thin. Amen. Uh, and so at some point the Lord told us to leave but it was after he passed away after he'd been gone for five months the Lord said it was time to go uh, but you know I just made a decision in my heart you know I'm not going to get up and say that because, because only because it seemed so empty so many other people had said it and they just left I said I'm just going to prove by my actions that, that uh, I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do amen and so I never told him well you know Pastor Lord's called me here to be with you I just never told him that. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. But he'd heard it so much, it was so empty for him to hear things like that. I'd rather just prove to him by my actions that the Lord called me there. Uh, and he tried to get me to leave many times, you know. And he, he couldn't beat me out of there. Because the Lord told me to be there. Uh, and the Lord never told me I could leave. And so, are you framing your, your worlds, your worlds, by the words you speak? That's how faith works. Uh, you frame your existence by the words that you speak. Wherever you are today is what you spoke yesterday. Amen? What are you speaking? You know, the, the thing that's nice about it is uh, it doesn't matter where you are right now. It doesn't matter 
if you're not perfect right now. Start today and start framing your tomorrow today. Uh, Lord, this thing in my life, whatever it is, it's going to leave. I will overcome it. I will get the victory over this. It will not control my life all the days of my life. It will not have power over me all the days of my life. I will overcome it. Start declaring those things. Amen. Uh, and, and start framing your tomorrow because tomorrow will come eventually. Amen. And you want to be prepared for it. You don't want to be, uh, wake up with a surprise like, oh, what are we going to do now? You know, there's just, there's just nothing that my wife and I deal with and we're just wringing our hands. Well, what are we going to do now? Our statement is, let's see what the Lord will do to, to get us out of this. Amen. Because he will. We have great confidence that he will. He always has. He always will. Amen. Uh, and so uh, I wanted to read uh, two other translations from Hebrews uh, 13, uh, 11.3 there. Uh, one says, by confidence we appreciate the ages to have been made fit along down by the spoken word of God. That's the key, the spoken word of God. Uh, one translation, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what, w- what was visible. God's command. What's your command? What are you saying, right? Are your yeses yes and your nays nay? Uh, what are you commanding today? What are you speaking into existence today? Amen. If you're not well, uh, speak to your body. You get, you straighten up. I tell my body all the time, straighten up. Amen. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I, I, we played football on Thursday and um, uh, I ended up on the ground. My foot went one direction. I went the other direction. It's not supposed to happen that way, right? And I was a little gimpy uh, yesterday. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, you lay hands on your own, on your an- own ankle. And, and it's about 95%, you know. Uh, it's not 100%, but normally you, uh, and you should have sewn. It was swollen up. It looked like, you know, it didn't look good at all. Uh, and, um, but the Lord said, you lay hands on your own ankle. All right, I can do that, Lord. I can lay hands on my own ankle. Uh, you know, now, you, normally I can speak to it, but if he says do something different, I'll do something different. Amen. Uh, and uh, we're not going to play pickleball today, but, you know, uh, uh, we'll play pretty soon. Amen. Uh, and, and, you know, normally you sprain your ankle that bad. You're on crutches. You know, you're, you got the little, the little cart you wheel around in your lead. You know, I don't know what you call it there, but uh, uh, I'm the healed of God. Amen. And if my, my body, doesn't, doesn't, if it's not where it should be, I start speaking to it. You straighten up in Jesus' name. Amen. I will frame my worlds by the things I speak. Amen. By my rhema words. Amen. Uh, that are given to me by the Lord. Now, and so let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 5 there. And so just know your words are so important. Amen. You should be a person of great character when it comes to your words. If you want to be a person of great faith, you're going to have to be a person of great character when it comes to your words. You're, you've got a, uh, he said he put his, uh, his word above his name. Amen. That's how important it was to the Lord. Uh, and so uh, then, then he gets to uh, verse 38 here. And verse 38, you know, verse 38 through 42, these are interesting verses. So let's read them here. It says, you have heard that it had been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you. So this is the, this is the, the common uh, language that Jesus is using in, the, in this dissertation is, you've heard this. He said, but, I, but I'm telling you, here's some new information. Amen. You've heard that it's been said, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn, him, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, take away and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee turn not thou away so immediately uh, when we read these verses we turn them into a law right we turn them to law that uh, thus saith lord you've got to do these things and, and no matter what that's what you've got to do which he he was just dispelling that in verse 38 you've heard that it's been said you've got this law over here but i'm saying over here uh, and, and one of the things that we've got to appreciate you know even the law even the old testament law you remember there's law of the sabbath right keep the sabbath holy uh, and do, you know, don't do any work on the Sabbath. Uh, and, and that was a law. But they turned it in such, such a constraint that they missed the whole point of it. The whole point of it was, I want you to rest. Don't work seven days a week. Don't be so greedy that you've got you've to do all this work and, and, and always trying to earn money. Take time aside from your life and worship me. Spend time with me. Spend time with family. You know, don't, you don't, don't be so greedy. That was the whole point of it. Take some rest. Amen? Uh, and they turned it into such a law that if you breathed wrong in the Sabbath, you know, you could be stoned. And then here Jesus was, you know, going through the Sabbath and they, and they got hungry. They were eating, eating the corn in the field, which was a big no-no on the Sabbath. 
he healed on the Sabbath because in their understanding of the law, healing was considered a work. And so you couldn't do that on the Sabbath. That's why he, often he healed on the Sabbath, right? You just stick his thumb in their eyeball, right? He, he kind of enjoyed doing that sometimes. Uh, and so, because in their understanding, that was work and you couldn't do that. Uh, and Jesus was saying, look, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. If you've got to do something, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, if something comes up and, you, and heaven forbid you've got to mow your grass on a Sunday, it's, it's actually okay, right? The earth doesn't open up and swallow people. Oh, I can't believe they mowed their grass on Sunday. Don't they know they're supposed to keep the Sabbath holy? You know, if you're, well, sorry, I was praying for the sick on Saturday. I couldn't do it on Saturday. You know, I was at the hospital all day praying for everybody. And sorry, I couldn't get around mowing my yard on it. Well, they could wait. No, I don't want to wait, you know. Uh, now, really, I'm not really, I'm, personally, I'm not under that much pressure to mow my yard on Sunday. You can always, you can always wait till tomorrow, right? Uh, that's my thinking for it comes to mowing the yard. But other people, right, under pressure about it, they might like having the yard mowed. Uh, but, you know, even today, how many people get just almost mad at you? for mowing your yard on a Sunday, right? Uh, and so, you know, if that's just a once in a, in a blue moon thing, well, it's, it's no big deal. Jesus, it's just no big deal for Jesus, amen? Uh, and yet, uh, people are always trying to turn it, so they're going to try and turn this into law. Resist on evil, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. So, if you're going to be legalistic about it, it's only on the right cheek, right? If they hit you on the left cheek, then, then you, know, you know, Katie bar the door. I mean, you can just... Do whatever you want to have that. Right, left, left cheek, fine. Right right cheek, okay. I, I, I do have to give you the other one. But if you hit my left cheek, I mean, is that, is that a fair you know, understanding of the legalistic aspect of it? Because that's what people, well, you've got to do it. You know, the, the thing that's, that's amazing that I love about the, about the word, right? And we're not going to go back in the Old Testament and read, read where it came from. But if you want to, it's, 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 uh, you probably have footnotes in your Bible too. Reference to Exodus 21, Leviticus 24, and Deuteronomy 19 mentions this eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And I think some person said, you know, if we really follow an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, we're going to end up a lot of blind, toothless people. Because uh, the whole point of the eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth is, you know, you deserve to lose an eye if I lose an eye. You deserve to lose a tooth and I lose a tooth, right? And talking about being uh, blemished of any kind, right? You hit me, I, get a, I have a right to hit you. And the whole point of it is vengeance, right? The whole point of it is you do me wrong, I have a right to do you wrong. Now, the law was there, you know, be, if you look at the, the whole history of Israel, you know, they started with Abraham, right? How many years was it between Abraham and, and Moses? Anybody know? Which we hear awkwardly, right, quiet until everybody thinks, you know. Uh, it was about 400 years, right, about 430 years or so from, from Abraham until the first law was written down. So they went for four centuries longer than America's been a country without any law, without any written law. Right? They had the general law of, you know, just be nice to people, right? The, the human law of, you know, uh, moral law, those things. Uh, but they didn't have any written laws about eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. That came with Moses, right? So from Abraham to Moses, there was no written law. But, you know, the Bible says it was, it was law had to be established because of sin. People were just going around just poke, poking your eye. With no law against that. You know, ripping your tooth out. No law against that. And, and so finally the Lord said, look, you've got to put some constraints on them. They're getting out of control. Uh, and so they put these constraints on them, right? Be, to hinder, you know, if, if I knew that if I poke your eye out, you have a legal right to poke my eye out, I'm going to not do that as often, right? Not more than twice anyway, right? Uh, and so there's motivation to not harm other people. That was the whole point of the law, amen? Until we got the Spirit of God on the inside of us as new, as new birth, new Christians, see, then, then we have the law on the inside of us, Amen? I don't need the Old Testament law because the love of God's on the inside of me. I'm not going to poke your eye out because I love you. That's, that's how we're supposed to live in the New Testament, amen? I don't need to not to harm you, not have a law, well, I can't harm him in this way because the love of God on the inside of me will, will constrain me. It, don't, don't hurt them. Right? Don't do that. See, that's, that's the way we live today. That's why we don't need the Old Testament law. As a Christian, we have the law of God written on the inside of us called the Holy Ghost. We'll know in every circumstance what we're supposed to do, amen? And, and so... And when we get down here to uh, with, with, these, with these rules here, you know, if you look at what, what Jesus is saying, and I just uh, I actually uh, wrote these notes down last night uh, from some commentaries, you know, the, the summary of what he's saying here is do not retaliate, uh, do more than you're required, and be kind and generous. Uh, and, and I want to go through a couple of the verses because even from what the rest of the Word of God says, uh, we see opportunities for these 
uh, verses to be turned into law and we don't find a law there. And so just like uh, where the first one that said there, uh, that whoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Let's turn to John chapter 18. And we'll see what, uh, what the examples that we see from the word of God in this. The, the point of this discussion is these are not laws, right? These are not laws that, okay, they hit me on the cheek. What if they hit me on my, on my chin? Is it fair game that I can hit him back then? I mean, what about, you know, uh, you know, I tell the story about my, my dad when he was out working in the garden and stuff, and if I didn't do what he said, he'd take the rake handle and just bop me on top of the head. Everybody hit with a rake handle on top of your head? Man, it, it hurts. It still hurts thinking about it. I mean, I mean, it just, you know, just that hard wooden handle on top of your head there, you know? And, um, and you know, I didn't have a lot of hair because they'd, they'd buzz you like, you know, like you were, you know, uh, a criminal or something, but... Uh, um, where are we going? We're going to John chapter 18. And so, you know, if they hit you on top of the head with that rake, man, it hurt. Yeah. So, that, so that's not covered, right? So then, then you're fair game, right? If somebody hits you up on top of the head with a rake, you, it's okay to do whatever you want to after that, right? No, that's not true. Uh, but here uh, we, we see in John chapter 18. Now, this is after the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Jesus is uh, brought before the, the, uh, uh, the high priest here. And it says, um, Jesus had just got done speaking in verse 20 and 21. In verse 22, it says, And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hands, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? So he got struck, right? In the face, uh, it's implied. Uh, did Jesus say, Hit me on this side also? No, Jesus said, if I had answered evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? He didn't even do what he said, what he said to do. Why? Because the, the point is uh, that he's trying to get to us. Uh, You've got to go back to what he said originally. It, it had been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Retaliation. He said, you've got to get out of the mode of retaliating for things that are done to you. Uh, and, and if it takes... And, and when, why, the, why he said that about uh, uh, turn the other cheek also, you know, sometimes in your life, especially when you're learning how to not let your flesh run your life, you've got to do almost extreme things. Uh, and if it takes you turning the other cheek to allow some to keep you, to keep your flesh under control of not retaliating, then sometimes you have to do that. But once you get to that point where you're not going to retaliate, it, it's not about the legalism of turning the other cheek. It's what did Jesus do in response to being hit? Nothing. Did he retaliate? Could not. He has spoken a word and, and he said, you know, one time he said, legions of angels would come and, and help me. He could have spoken one word and they had all been just disappeared immediately, right? Gone off the earth. And yet he didn't do that. He didn't retaliate, right? That's the whole point of, of you, you've got to be led by the Spirit. Everything we do, we have to be, Lord, what do you want me to do in this case? They've done this. What do you want me to do? And so here the Spirit of God said, you speak these words to them, right? If I had spoken evil, then bear witness of the evil. But if well, why are you smiting me? Because see, the law said you're not allowed to smite somebody unless they had committed an infraction against the, the law. And he didn't say anything that was against any law. They just didn't like the fact that he, he, he didn't just roll over when the, when the high priest was accusing him of all manner of evil. And so some people get offended when you don't roll over and do everything they say. And they'll come out and they'll smite you. Sometimes verbally, sometimes physically, right? Uh, and so, <clears throat> so, but Jesus didn't do what he said to do. He didn't turn the other cheek. That's not the point. The point is, uh, is what's in your heart? If your heart is to retaliate, then, then you've got you've to command your flesh, no, uh, we'll sit here all day long until you straighten up flesh. He's talking about your flesh, not the other person's, but your flesh. That's trying to get you to retaliate and to bring harm to somebody else in response to their actions. But see, the, the whole point of that is trying, the devil loves to get you in a place where, where you are run by your flesh. He despises Christians that are able to be run by their spirit man. And when the spirit man says, don't, don't respond. You know, for me personally, one thing the Lord told me to do many years ago, uh, he said, don't ever defend yourself. And he didn't mean that in a physical, like a physical fight, right? I mean, I grew up fighting everybody, right? Fighting my kid, my brothers and sisters, you know. I mean, I'm, yeah, I fought with my sisters, you know. I mean, you're sisters, right? It's a fair game, right? Other girls, you can't hit other girls, but sisters, they're not really girls anyway, right? So they're your sisters. And so you can hit them, it's okay. But, uh, but you know, just fighting everybody, fighting at school, you know. Uh, and uh, I, last fight I got into was a fist fight was in ninth grade. 
Uh, and, and, you know, uh, my kids don't even know anything about that, right? I mean, they almost got in some fights sometimes, but they, don't, they didn't know that life, right? That was my life. And, and, um, and you know, the thing is, uh, I mean, I, although I was, did well in school, I did good grades, you know, but I, I, I was the youngest of 11, so I, I was in combat training most of my life, right? Uh, uh, being the youngest and getting picked on a lot. Uh, and so, you know, I could hold my own just fine at school. Not that I, you don't fight me now. I'm not going to fight you, you know, just go away, right? Just leave me alone. Uh, and, and, and so, but uh, we've got to train our flesh not to do that. And so, you know, all that fight's gone out of me now. You know, there's no, you know, when somebody says something to me on the inside of me, I'm not like, yeah, you want to step outside and say that? All those days are gone. You know, I, there's nothing in me that, that feels like that. Now, uh, you know, I did observe this with my pastor. You know, my pastor, he was a black belt in karate. And, and uh, he won state competitions and all kinds of things. And I did observe that, that for him, he really struggled with that, that because he, he liked to kind of use that physical presence to intimidate people. You know, because he just had that kind of intimidating, I'm a black belt, I can kill you three ways without you even knowing it, right? And, and, and so, uh, and he would do that. He would kind of use that physical presence to intimidate folks. Now, you know, he, he didn't know how I grew up, so he never intimidated me. I wasn't afraid of him physically, you know. And, I mean, I didn't care, you know. I mean, I got beat up many times by bullies, but I, you know, I would always stand up to them. I, I just, I, I can't stand bullies, right? I would stand up to every bully there ever is, uh, you know. Uh, and, and um and sometimes not intelligently, but, you know, I'm still going to stand up to him. Uh, you know, the devil is the biggest bully of them all. Amen. Uh, and so, so he, he, Jesus wanted to get to a point where that fight's not on the inside of us. We can be led by the Spirit of God. And Lord, what do you want us to do? Because, you know, how many times uh, did Jesus, you know, just like there in Luke chapter 4, right? In fact, let's go over there real quick. And then we may have to go uh, over in Luke chapter 4. <clears throat> And so, of course, uh, Luke chapter 4 is right after, um, uh, or Luke chapter 4 is where he goes to, the, to uh, the wilderness, right, to be tempted 40 days of the devil. And he comes back, and he starts on verse 18. It says, after coming back here, now he's in, in Galilee, or he's in Nazareth now, in, in uh, the synagogue. And he reads, he finds the place, opened the book, and he found the place where it was written. You know, they didn't have book, chapter, and verse like we do today, right? They had book, but they didn't have chapter, and verse like we had, so he had to find it, right? Uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, now he's really got their interest, right? Because this is a, an amazing prophecy from Isaiah and he's saying this is happening right now like really right now uh, and and so and they all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and they said is not is not this Joseph's son so so far they like him right so far they really like him wondering the gracious words right nobody's ever said that to me you had such gracious words today pastor you know uh, such gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and then, of course, Jesus, you know, uh, uh, he, I, just love, I just love watching him operate, right? And he said unto them in verse 23, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, and he said Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah, uh, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and when great famine was throughout all the land. But none of them, but unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of, Eli of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. So he's basically saying, look, you all think you're so special, but um, there was no Israelites healed, no Jews healed, you know, uh, there, there was no... No person helped in a famine except some woman here, some widow woman here. And, and you know, the, there was a lot of national pride with the Jews, which is funny because they're actually occupied by Rome right now, right? They've been defeated and are occupied by a foreign country, but they're so prideful about the country, which, you know, seems, I don't know, it's a little misplaced myself, right? I mean, if you, if you were Rome, it's okay to have pride in Rome because you own the whole world. Uh, but, you know, if you're owned by Rome, I don't know, you know, maybe they didn't get the memo about that. But uh, And they said... 
in verse 28, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Well, what happened to the gracious words? Just a minute ago, they're, oh, you say such wonderful things. Really? Well, let me tell you this. How dare you say that? Well, five seconds ago, you were fine, right? Now you're all mad at me. You know, what's, what happened? You ever known people that way? You're, everything's fine. You say one thing, they're mad at you. Well, can we go back? We like the, you know, were you thinking I had gracious words? Let's go back there, right? But no, you know, they're filled with wrath. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. Verse 30, and he passing through the midst of them went his way. Well, this is not turning the other cheek. If he's turning the other cheek, he let him throw him off the, off the edge, right? Oh, you gotta, you just gotta, if what they're gonna do something mean, you just gotta let him do it. You just gotta let him do it. Did he let him do it? He didn't let him do it. Now, you know, I always think, it's funny, I, I wish I would have been there. Because I want to know what G, what was he saying? Because it says, it says they, they thrust him out of the city. Well, where, how far is the city limits from here? Right? I mean, it's a mile in one direction somewhere, right? So that's a, that, how long would it take us to carry a guy that far, right? It'd take us uh, a while, but maybe it wasn't a mile, but it had to be some distance, right? So they'd carry him to the, to the outside the city and then take him up to the brow of the hill where the city was built. So, they, so he's, they're carrying Jesus, right? What do you reckon he's saying to them this whole time? How's it going, boys? You know, how's Martha doing? I heard she got down in, in her back the other day. You know, she's doing better now. You know, how, how's the crop coming along? Is he talking to him? I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Right? Maybe he's not saying anything to him. But you know, but is he is he is he also uh, saying you better you better put me down? You better put me down. God's wrath is going to fall on you. You better put me down. What was he doing? My guess is he wasn't saying anything. He's just probably not saying. They're probably like, what's wrong with him? He's not saying anything. But, but did he let them, did he let them uh, uh, throw him over the, over the hill, over the cliff, and kill him? No, it says he walked through the midst of them. So, again, he didn't turn the other cheek. He didn't even let him hit him the first time, right? I mean, you know, he let him carry the edge of the hill, but then he's like, then he walked through the midst of them. And like, where'd he go? You know, where, where, he was here just a second ago. Where'd he go? You know, supernaturally uh, walked through the midst of him. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, my, my point on that is, you know, uh, just like with in John chapter 18, you know, we, we try to turn these things in, into legal matter of, of well, if you, if you hit me, I've got to let you hit me twice. Well, here he didn't let him hit him at all, right? I mean, they did carry him up the hill, but they, he, he didn't let him throw him over the, over the cliff. And then when he did get struck, uh, he didn't turn the other cheek there. And, and, and John, why? Because there was, no, there was no retribution in his heart against him. He, he had no retaliation desiring in his heart. Amen. And, and, if, and if, you're, if you haven't changed, tra- uh, trained your flesh to not retaliate, you might let him, have to let him hit you a second time to tell your flesh, no, I'm not living that way. But, uh, but if you can get that, then you can do like Jesus did. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you just don't let him do anything. They threaten you, and you just, you know, you let him carry along so, so long, and then after a while you go, okay, I'm done here, boys. I've got a lunch appointment, I've got to go. Uh, and then you just walk through the midst of him. Other times when they do hit you, you know, you, don't, you still don't have to turn the other cheek. That, that's a point of... of You've got to be careful of turning these into, into New Testament laws. Because we had the Old Testament laws, and Jesus said, we're not doing the Old Testament laws. But if you say, okay, we've got New Testament laws. No, we don't have New Testament laws. We, we've got the, the same thing in the Old Testament was, what's the spirit behind it? Not retaliating, right? This, the purpose of the Old Testament law was stop harming people. And, and notice, uh, note that there is retaliation against you if you harm people on purpose. That's the whole point of to constrain the Old Testament. But that wasn't the, the original, there was no law originally at all. But now the New Testament says, uh, just don't ever harm anybody. But if somebody harms you, you see what the Spirit of God wants you to do. Maybe you walk through the midst of them. Maybe they hit you once and, and that's it. Maybe you duck, right? Maybe you defend yourself. You know, there, there's no law. The whole point is what's in your heart. Amen. See, if there's no retaliation in your heart, then follow what the Spirit of God tells you to do. If he tells you to duck, then it's okay to duck. No, they got to hit me. They didn't hit Jesus here. He didn't turn the other cheek in John 18. And so, uh, is Jesus not doing his own word? He's doing his own word. He's just saying, look, there's no retaliation in my heart. He didn't have any retaliation in his heart. He kept on talking to him. Right? Later on, he went back to Nazareth, right? He went probably many times in his ministry to Nazareth. Uh, and here, they started with gracious words, and then they wanted to kill him. And gee, well, I needed to say what I needed to say, and so I'm going to move on now. Uh, and so... Uh, so there's other things and, and all of these things that he said to do in those verses 
and will show by the word of God that they weren't laws. They weren't laws that you've got to do these things because we'll see by the word of God where in all of those cases where there's other scriptures says, well, you know, in that case, you've got to figure out what to do. Amen. You don't follow the legalistic points of the law. You, you, you do uh, what we said in the summary. Don't retaliate. Do more than's required of you and be kind and generous. And that's the spirit of what Jesus was trying to get across, right? And those are things we should do, right? Should we, should we live our lives so we don't retaliate every time somebody does something against us or any time somebody does something against us? Yes, we should live a life where we don't retaliate, amen? Should we live a life where we do more than is required of us? Absolutely, amen? And should we be kind and generous? Absolutely, amen? What does that look like? It looks like whatever the Spirit of God tells you it looks like, Amen? Uh, but so many times people will take these legalistic words that Jesus said and turn them to, to laws that I've got to do this thing. Right cheek, I've got to give him a left one. Well, okay, then that's pretty limited, right? Because if, if I'm left-handed, you know, I'm going to hit you on your right cheek. But if I'm right-handed, I'm going to hit you on your left cheek. And so only left-handed people I can retaliate against, right? Or, and so... Or the other way around, whichever way. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that much about it, right? But uh, but only one way you have to retaliate. So uh, so we'll look at those other things because the point of it is we need to get the spirit of what Jesus is saying and not the legalistic aspects of it. Amen. Because uh, I've had people come to me and say, "Well, the Bible says this." I would let people do that, right? Really, the Bible says that. Are you doing everything the Bible says you do? What about this verse? What about that verse? You know, uh, and um, it, it's. Uh, I used to try to play that game with my pastor, but, you know, uh, uh, it was always a losing battle because he was always uh, way better at the word than I was, you know. Uh, and because um, he was trying to get something from me, and, and, and uh, he said, well, you know, the Bible says we should have all things in common. Uh, and, uh, and then he quoted uh, uh, Ruth, you know, says, you know, what, what's yours is mine, what's, uh, what's, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, you know, uh, that refrain from Ruth. And I said, well, that was between two women. He said, well, the Bible says that we're neither, there's neither male nor female. And so he got me on that one. But um, anyway, so, um, but I've had plenty of people come to me and demand that I do the legalistic word. Uh, and why? Because they think, see, people think they can go to a Christian and use these same words of Jesus and come and hit a Christian and say, you've got to turn the other cheek. Not if I'm led by the Spirit of God, I might duck, right? And, um, uh, you don't, don't push it because uh, the Lord said he can call down angels from heaven. You want a big angel to stand between me and you? Uh, I don't think you do, right? And so uh, let's see what the Word of God says and, and, and get the understanding of what he's saying instead of turning into a New Testament law. Amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his Word today. So, Father, we thank you for your Word. And we thank you for your goodness and kindness, Father. We thank you that you've spoken to us. And, Father, we can, we can understand the things you're trying to say to us is, is to make sure there's no... No retribution and desire for vengeance in our heart. And sometimes, Father, we do have to tell our flesh uh, to be quiet and, and to do these things, Father, as we train ourselves to not live like the world lives, Father, but to live like you live. And so, Father, we thank you that uh, you will show us and teach us and give us instruction in these areas, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. It's the Lord good. Amen. You know, I enjoyed uh, studying all these things out, you know, and, and I was thanking the Lord, Lord, that's, that's really good, you know, because some of this stuff is, it's, it's just only slightly newer to me than to you, right? Uh, and so, because uh, the Lord's good and gracious, amen? Uh, and so, let's get ready and receive this morning's tithes and offerings, and um, of course, you, you all may know it, but, uh, you know, uh, some people like to give electronically. If you want to do that, uh, you can download the app. There's some instructions on one of the slides there. Um, and uh, you can give on your phone there. Uh, if you want to do it that way, you can do it. Uh, and so, uh, if you need to make a checkout, you make a checkout to Word of Truth Church. Uh, you give cash. And, of course, my desire for you is to give according to your heart. Amen? Not give according to me pressing you about anything. Uh, just do what the Lord wants you to do. Amen? And if you do always do that, in fact, uh, uh, we may talk a little bit about that next week because there's, I've, I've seen a lot of, just a lot of, People get in trouble doing things they ought not be doing, amen, uh, even in the area of giving. Uh, and, um, uh, and so uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for the opportunity to give today. So, Father, we do thank you. That's a blessing to give. Father, we thank you that you have prospered us individually uh, with good jobs, Father, and the ways to uh, make an income, Father, and to provide for our families, to provide for our own lives. 
And so, Father, it's such an honor to give back to you part of that which you've given to us. And so, Father, we thank you that as we give, uh, that all the finances that this ministry needs will come in, Father, and it'll be multiplied according to the need that we have. And, Father, uh, as we follow your word and instructions, you said that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into our bosom. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Deere, to receive the offering. So don't forget, we have uh, healing school today at 3 o'clock. And so um, we're making our way through uh, Lillian B. Yeoman's book there. And um, we're going to pick up another book after that that uh, I've uh, I've been going through and making a bunch of notes on that one. Uh, It's it's really more of where I like to teach in the area of healing is it's really about the doctrine of healing. And uh, Dr. Yeoman's book is more about testimonies and, and uh, things like that and so it's not it's not wrong, bad or wrong it's been a good book but um, um, I'm looking forward to the next book as well so I will make it there pretty quick because this last book of hers is is uh, pretty straightforward amen uh, and so uh, and uh, so this Thursday and Friday don't forget uh, uh, Mark Hankins will be down in, uh, in uh, Hickson Tennessee if you want instructions about uh, where that church is at, let us know and um, and then a week from Friday is prayer. And two weeks from today is our uh, church meal, right? And then the gift, the uh, white elephant after that. Amen. All right, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and you're dismissed. <laughs>